0: You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast.
1: All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. It's been a while as we continue to enjoy this championship offseason, but we are back because it is time for the
0: Free Agent Frenzy.
1: I am Alex Shane, here with my good buddy Rich Hill. Rich,
0: how's your offseason going? Uh it's hard to beat a Super Bowl championship offseason, man. I don't know. You know how sometimes Bill Belichick comes out afterwards and he's like, oh, you know, the only thing about winning the Super Bowl is that it sets us back four weeks in our draft and our free agency work. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of true. It's kind of true. I don't know about you, but I'm looking at Twitter and I'm seeing fans of all of these other teams writing about, oh, these are the players I'm super excited for. And these are the the players that you know are going to be available. And I'm looking through them and I'm like, huh. I really have not had the time to look at them. Who would yeah. know that Bill Belichick was right? So, you know, it's been a, <laughs> a little bit of good time catching up, but it's been a great offseason, man. No, it has. It really is nothing better than a, a Super Bowl winning
1: offseason because it's just like a six months of just enjoying highlights and looking back over the season that was. And the problem is, though, the NFL offseason starts so soon after the Super Bowl. The combine just happens. So you basically get about two weeks off, then the combine starts. And then free agency starts, and there's mini camps, and the draft, and it's, it just it never really kind of goes away. So we had our couple of weeks off to revel in the glory of ring number six. But the combines now in the books. I didn't watch much combine, Rich. I know this is a free agency podcast, but a couple of draft prospects showcased their wares in Indianapolis. Our former uh, Pat's pulpit writer, Evan Lazar, was there covering it all. Did you catch Anything
0: in the draft in the uh, combine this year? Yeah, I mean, there were some really impressive performances out there, specifically by uh, linebackers and tight ends that would want to highlight, particularly because the Patriots are definitely going to be on the market for those tight ends. Uh, Just a quick overview of what we know from the, the Combine, as well as from the Senior Bowl, is that the Patriots have been looking at quarterbacks, they've been looking at wide receivers, they've been looking at tight ends. They've been looking at all defensive linemen, so defensive tackles all the way out to pass rushers. So those are the players and positions of note for the Patriots, and I don't think anyone did themselves a greater favor than Iowa tight end Noah Fant, who you know, kind of lost his starting job to TJ Hawkinson, who's the consensus number one tight end. But honestly, Iowa has two tight ends that could go in the first round. Fant was far more athletic, not saying Hawkinson wasn't, but Fant was mind bogglingly athletic. And while he's a little bit more of a receiver than a blocker, he has good size, he has good ability, and he's definitely a name that Patriots fans should watch for towards the end of the first round if he's still on the board.
1: That is good to know, and we'll be back with draft coverage and draft preview a little later on in the off season as the draft comes closer and closer. But right now, the free agency has begun, Rich. The Patriots did not use their franchise tag on any of the players who are up and currently free agents. There are some pretty big names uh, from a Patriots perspective on the team that may not be there come 2019 when it kicks off in September, as well as some decent players out there from other teams who They've let go, and they manage their cap and build their roster. So I figured a good place to start would be to go through maybe some key Patriots-free agents for those that aren't paying as close attention. Talk about who's gone, who might might be gone, who might not be gone, and who the priorities are for the Patriots keeping guys in-house.
0: Oh, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Who Who's the one that you want to start with first?
1: Well... I think the easiest one to start with is one everyone's been talking about, and that is defensive end Trey Flowers. He is, due to Jadavian Clown getting the franchise tag, due to the Eagles re-upping Graham, he is probably the key premier defensive end edge rusher in the uh, off agency class right now. Franchise tag, I believe, is 16 to $17 million for mm-hmm. defensive, end, defensive tackle defensive ends, so he's looking to probably get in that range in a couple-year deal the i've heard people saying he must resign at all costs i've heard people saying there's no way the page is going to afford to keep him now i've heard people saying he's going to test the market then come back to the team and see what they're willing to offer if they can match a deal he gets elsewhere i'm hearing lions i'm hearing dolphins i'm hearing a lot with trey flowers what do you think rich
0: yeah, so it, first off, what you mentioned is that there are a lot of other pass rushers that are already off the market. So not only did Jadavian Clowney get franchise tagged, but Demarcus Lawrence was franchise tagged by the Cowboys, Frank Clark was franchise tagged by the Seahawks, and D. Ford was franchise tagged by the Kansas City Chiefs. And so Trey Flowers, the number one pass rusher, edge player, still on the, the open free agency. Uh, maybe not by a huge distance, but... In the world of Patriots fans, absolutely. So the the other alternatives would be Preston Smith, uh, Zedarius Smith of the Ravens, and now Justin Houston it should be available from the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if that release has been a formally official. Uh, I believe that the Chiefs are still seeing if any a trade partner is interested in acquiring him, but he is expected to be available. And so Trey Flowers... Such a cornerstone and important part of this Patriots defensive line for the past three seasons. I remember he had that red shirt season as a as a rookie, but he has been the most important player on that Patriots defensive front. When you remove him from the equation, you have the Patriots defensive pass rushing rotation of Adrian Claiborne, Derek Rivers, Dietrich Wise, Keontae Davis... And they brought back Trent Harris, who's on the reserve list. Uh, He spent a lot of time on the practice squad this past year. So there's not a lot of proven ability in that grouping other than Adrian Claiborne and, to a certain extent, Dietrich Wise. Trey Flowers would present an immediate upgrade. But from what everyone has been saying and what the Patriots have said, they're going to let him test the the open market and figure out his, his price and what his value is going to be. He's supposed to come back at anywhere between fourteen to seventeen million dollars. And I don't know if that's in the Patriots price range. Yeah, it's
1: tough. You know, the Patriots are very well known for guys who play at the rookie contracts and do well and earn it. They pay their players. There's this notion the Patriots are cheap and they're they're skimpy, and that's just not the case if you've earned it. You know, Vince Wilfork, Logan Mankind, you can go back and see all these players that got big deals in the second contract. But if I if you had to make a call right now, Rich Hill. Do you think Trey Flowers will suit up for the Patriots next year?
0: Well, so there there are three teams that I want to watch out for, and all of them are pretty obvious. The first one being the Dolphins. They are releasing their pass rushers, and they're bringing in Brian Flores, who certainly knows how to, to utilize Trey Flowers. You got the Detroit Lions with Matt Patricia at head coach, uh, and they're trying to improve their pass rush. And then the Tennessee Titans, who are also looking for help on that defensive front, and they love taking former Patriots. So those are three teams that probably would be able to make a play at Trey Flowers and where Trey Flowers could feel pretty comfortable going. The question is, can they offer him more money than what the price of winning is because will he win with any of those three teams i don't know i don't know and i i believe competing and contending for the super bowl every year is important to trey flowers i would expect that he could go out on the open market get a few offers multi-years at 16 million per year Patriots will probably counter with a 14 to 15, and at the end of the day, I would expect him to maybe be at the last possible minute, but it'll be just like what happened with Dante Hightower and Devin McCourty. He'll come back, he'll be a top 10 played paid player at his position, and he'll be with the Patriots for the foreseeable future.
1: I would love that. hate to see Trey, uh, Trey Flowers go. He was such a cornerstone in those two Super Bowl runs that Saki had of Matt Ryan will forever live in Patriots lore. So I'd love to see him back for the long term. Let's do a positional grouping right now, Rich. That's, I think the next area beyond the the Trey Flowers question is what the hell the pass are going to do at receiver. <laughs> uh, right now, Cordero Patterson, Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett, Josh Gordon technically, and then Cody Hollister and Riley McCarron uh, are all – Either restricted or unrestricted free agents. That's a lot of receivers gone. That basically just leaves Julian
0: Edelman, and uh, that's
1: pretty much it. So, <laughs> what are they gonna do with these guys, Josh?
0: Uh, well, you're missing out on Matthew Slater, the the greatest <laughs> Patriots wide receiver of all time. Um, so, I don't think they can count on Josh Gordon. So, whatever calculus we do will not factor him in. He'll be gravy on top if that is the case. But of the Patriots players there. Uh, Cordero Patterson, I would love to see him back. He was an all pro as a kick returner. So he has his value there. He had probably one of his second most productive season of his career this past season. So I would expect him to come back. I would expect with a little more comfortability in the system, another more time with Brady and with Josh McDaniels, they'll be able to, you know, make him a 500, 600 yard per season player. On a pretty regular basis. So I would expect Cordero Patterson to come back, mostly because of his special teams ability, but also because he has that offensive upside. The real question to me is with Philip Dorsett and Chris Hogan, because both of those players seemed to produce at much lower of a level last year than we would have expected or would have liked. First one with Chris Hogan is he was supposed to play a little bit more with Julian Edelman suspended, and he led all the team in wide receiver snaps but he just wasn't productive as a receiver. He lost targets when Josh Gordon was acquired and he just never really built that rhythm with Tom Brady. Uh, conversely, Philip Dorsett didn't get a lot of snaps, but when he was targeted, he made the most of every single opportunity that he had. I think that Philip Dorsett has more upside as a receiver, but Chris Hogan offers some value as a blocker. He can be that every down guy. And if he's a 500 yard receiver, I mean, it's not going to be great, but it, he it's serviceable both players should get a lot of attention on the open market as you know just as a number three guy with upside uh in, in dorsett's case i expect the patriots to set a price point for both of them and say all right this is what we're willing to pay for you feel free to come back if not enjoy whatever you're going to do at any other place you go because the patriots aren't going to break the bank for either of them
1: they never do with receivers and it's funny you look at patriots receivers who go elsewhere It's very rare that a former Patriots receiver succeeds in his new spot. It just doesn't happen. He's going from catching passes from Tom Brady to catching passes from whoever the case may be. And I'd like to think that receivers are smart enough to know that who's throwing them the ball is such a huge factor in how their career goes, which leads me to hope that maybe Patterson and maybe Dorsett We'll take a hometown discount. Chris Hogan, I don't know if he'll be back, I'd like to see Dorsett come back at least. I feel like he's very underutilized last season, and Patterson is not like a number one guy, but as a kick returner, I think he'd be good. Do you see him bringing all three back anyway that's going to happen, maybe one out of three? What do you see of these three guys, Patterson, Hogan, Dorsett, how many come back maximum?
0: Yeah, maximum, I mean, they could theoretically bring back all three if the market for both Dorsett and Hogan is a little bit more tepid than people expect, this uh rookie incoming rookie wide receiver class tested very well at the combine. There is a fair number of free agent wide receivers that we'll definitely touch on a little bit later in this podcast that aren't necessarily far and away better than Chris Hogan or Philip dorsett but it's enough that maybe the the price won't get out of control. Uh and so I would expect that uh, you know, on average Roughly one and a half would come back. <laughs> I, I, I don't think teams will outbid for Cordero Patterson. I think he gets his most value with the Patriots. But I could see Chris Hogan taking a Danny Amendola-like contract somewhere. Just, you know, some team will give him a lot. That'll be like three to four million per year, and the Patriots will say, you know, good luck with that. And then well, maybe Dorsett will come back. I don't know. I, I just I don't expect all three to come back, and I'd be actually pretty surprised if it happened that way.
1: Yeah, me too. Let's move on to the special teams portion of this podcast where both the <laughs> kicking guys, gaskowski and uh Ryan Allen, are both going to be free agents. Goskowski, they got to bring him back. I can't imagine them. I really thought they were going to franchise him. They didn't, which leads me to believe, speculating, of course, I, I feel like they're already in talks and that's going to happen. I can't imagine they let him go. He's 35, which isn't young, but for a kicker, that's still plenty of time. And Ryan Allen, good punter. You can find a punter anywhere. I feel like the Patriots have done that in the past. But I feel like Ghost is a, is a really big priority that no one's really talking about this offseason.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, he, you're looking at one of the three most accurate kickers in NFL history. I know that he has his yips in the postseason where he misses, like, the very first kick of the game. But he's been pretty money otherwise. And I actually think if you if you go back to it, he hasn't really missed a game-winning kick uh, possibly since that Arizona Cardinals game in 2012, and that was probably not even his fault, really. So he, he's money when it's in the fourth quarter when the game really matters. I would expect him to come back. The the big thing with the franchise tag is that it was what something like 5.9 million, and the Patriots didn't want to go that high. So I could see them reaching you know a th- three four year extension. I feel like they they put their special teamers on three year extensions, um, and then they'll average it out three for. 15 with, you know, 7 million guaranteed, something like that. We'll keep Goskowski around. I think Ryan Allen, uh, on the other hand, I would love to see him back. I actually don't think that punters grow on trees because I feel like I remember... Uh, like the Ken Walter years, the Josh Miller time, uh, all the way up to Zoltan Mesko, that, that, was, that was pretty iffy. It was always very iffy watching the Patriots punt, and it was always a little disappointing. And while Ryan Allen is definitely uh, no Johnny Hecker who Bill Belichick would trade a first-round pick for, Uh, I think Ryan Allen's been pretty consistent he definitely played a huge part in this postseason run and I would expect him to come back I I don't think he'll be a top five paid punter in the league but I I think he'll come back on a reasonable contract I don't see why he would end up leaving
1: I like Ryan Allen he's uh, you could make a case he was a MVP candidate in the Super Bowl so it'd be good to see him come back but, again, I feel like if they don't go around, I am around Allen was basically a camp body when he first came in because Zotan Menzko was the, the guy, and all of a sudden he got usurped. But whoever punts for the Patriots next season, he will be left-footed. I can guarantee <laughs> you that know much. Quarterbacks, Jason McCourty, Eric Rowe, Jonathan Jones, all free agents, unrestricted free agents uh McCourty and Rowe are. Jonathan Jones, I believe, is a restricted free agent. I feel like McCourty is a good off-season priority. Maybe not break the bank for him. I feel like he'd want to come back. You go from 0-16 in Cleveland, Super Bowl champion, playing with your brother. Eric Rowe, I could take
0: or leave. And Jonathan Jones, I would bring back at the right price. Oh, I agree with that completely. I think Jason McCourty is an important player to bring back because he got that twin connection, which is fantastic, but also creates a little bit of that veteran buffer at the position. So Stephon Gilmore, he's going to be a starting cornerback for the foreseeable future. He's all pro. He's fantastic. And while J.C. Jackson should ascend to that position opposite of him, and actually Nessens Doug Kide tweeted out the other day that people within the building think that uh, J.C. Jackson has potential to be better than Gilmore, which is mind-boggling to me. But that's still a little bit time away. There will be some definite growing pains, even though he did an outstanding job as a rookie. And getting Jason McCourty in the building, it would make it so there isn't as much pressure for Jackson to thrive on day one. They'll have a veteran presence out there. Jackson can play with some of the more favorable matchups. And then you also don't have to rely on putting Duke Dawson in immediately. I know that he was a second-round pick last year, but definitely has to get some of the rust off. It'll be good to have him with a full off-season with the team. And I even like Keon Crossen uh, should be able to produce. And then the other one that you touched on, Jonathan Jones, restricted free agent. Patriots have to tender him. I would expect them to tender him with a second round because he was an undrafted free agent. And if they do the original tender, then any other team could claim him. And he's a very good, uh, very good cornerback. He stepped up in a big way in the postseason. He's done a great job covering a lot of speedsters. And you look at a lot of the teams on the Patriots schedule. They used him against uh, Tyreek Hill. They used him against Brandon Cooks. They've used him against Kenny Stills. So he has a very valuable skill set. He's a great special teams player. And he's someone that if you can create a top quartet of Stephon Gilmore, De- uh, Jason McCordy, JC Jackson, and Jonathan Jones, and let Duke Dawson, your second round pick, be your number five guy, that is the optimal and ideal place for this Patriots uh, defensive back group.
1: And for a good roster. I think this, it's been so long since the secondary was a real strength of this team. But with the Gilmore locked in and McCourty coming back, hopefully, I think, and then J.C. Jackson showing, showing such promise, uh, I think the secondary could be set for, for the foreseeable future if they can lock up McCourty. So I'd love to see that. Uh, last group we'll talk about is the tackles, offensive and defensive. Dami Shelton, Malcolm Brown on the defensive side. And then Trent Brown and Adrian Waddle. On the offensive side, those are kind of round out the the quote-unquote bigger names in the free agency class. I don't see them bringing back Malcolm Brown. He was good, not great. Uh, I see them maybe offering a certain deal to Danny Shelton, a take it or leave it deal. Uh, I'd love to see Trent Brown come back, but with Isaiah Wynn set to return and Brown probably going to get paid this offseason, I think he's gone. And Waddle, probably the same deal as, as uh, Danny Shelton. If you want to come back, here's your offer. If not, best of luck. That's what I think is going on with those guys.
0: Yeah, I, I agree completely with your Shelton-Waddle uh, <laughs> diagnosis Is there. I think uh, Cameron Fleming is actually now a free agent, so maybe they'll yeah. bring him back as well. But, yeah, Waddle, number three tackle, solid, put him in in the spot. If he wants to have a better opportunity to start, fantastic. Like what you've done there. That's cool. Same with Danny Shelton. Did a great job during the playoff rush. Made a huge play in the Super Bowl. Was a healthy scratch at times. I don't think that the Patriots are going to break the bank for him. Uh, Easy one here, Trent Brown. He's gone. Uh, He's the top offensive tackle in free agency. And you look at the other top offensive tackles and seeing how much they're getting paid. Uh, Donovan Smith. Got a three-year, forty-one million dollar deal with the Buccaneers. So you're already looking at roughly, you know, thirteen to fourteen million at a baseline. You got Juwan James out there as an open player as well. So I, I would expect Trent Brown to get something. You know, I mean, he'll get paid in the double digits, which is well beyond what the Patriots are going to pay, pay for that position. So he's gone. Right side of the coin is that he's probably going to fetch the the Patriots a third round compensatory pick, so that gives them either some flexibility when it comes to signing free agents, or you know they can just look forward and say we gave up the equivalent of a fifth round pick to acquire Trump Brown, and we're going to get a third round pick in two years because of it. That's a wonderful deal by Nick Casario and Bill Belichick. So Brown's gone. Patriots should probably address the offensive tackle position, get some more depth, but it's not going to be with Brown. Big question for me is Malcolm Brown. Because I agree, this past season was not a great year for him, but the three years prior, he was so important, he was so good uh, at stopping the run. You talk to any player on this Patriots defense, whether it's Dante Hightower or Patrick Chung, and they all point to Malcolm Brown as being the most underrated player on that defense. He's been so valuable. In my mind, I think he's had to switch roles a little bit because of the emergence of Lawrence Guy as a little bit of a penetrating defensive tackle that Malcolm Brown's been required to eat more blocks than he was doing in the previous years when he's playing next to Alan Branch. So he's assumed that Branch role a little bit more. I would say that actually, I don't. I don't think that Malcolm Brown's going to have that great of a market in free agency, and so the Patriots could probably bring him back on a on a deal that's similar to what they gave Lawrence Guy, maybe a, like even just like a five year, twenty five million deal or something in that level. I don't think they're going to have to break the bank too much to to bring him back home.
1: That'd be nice. Again, he wasn't a standout this season. Again, he's he's got he's got the role where. Stats are not going to be his friend because he's a space eater in the middle. Uh, as a first rounder, you kind of have a set of expectations for a player, and we were all very surprised he was even around at the end of the, the, the end of the first round, a thirty second overall pick, but. He hasn't quite lived up to that billing, but he's been good, and I agree that there's not going to be a huge market for him, uh, and so hopefully there will be a chance to bring him back, because I, I would like to see him, because he really does make a, a nice rotation and what is a pretty talented defensive line. But, however, I will say I think a defensive line is something they will address regardless of whether they keep Trey Flowers. I think D-line, I think tight end, and I think receiver are my three offseason priorities, once free energy starts in earnest, and... I don't know if I can really prioritize one of those positions, but I guess the one I'm most curious about right now is is tight end because Gronkowski is a question mark. Dwayne Allen has been released. He wants to come back, but that's not guaranteed. That leaves basically who at tight end right now? Uh, <laughs> there's Stephen Anderson, um, who was with the Texans for a while, and that's pretty much it. So tight end's got to be a priority, regardless. Wide receiver and defensive line, and it's a, I guess I'll call it an intriguing free agency class out there right now elsewhere in the league beyond the Patriots because there are some definitely some names out there but there's not a whole lot of marquee talent available in any of the skill positions so it should be an interesting bidding war for the guys that are interested
0: yeah totally and let's start talking about that let's look at who the players are that are available at these positions we can start with that tight end position that you're interested in uh, I'm going to list a few names and I want you to let me know who you would want the most out of any of them if you want any of them uh, so so with the tight end class you got Jared Cook You got Tyler Eifert, you got C.J. Uzoma, uh, you got Austin Safarian Jenkins. That's kind of it, unless you really want to include Jesse James from the Steelers. Uh, You got like 20 Raven tight ends on here because they've invested a bajillion top picks in their tight ends. They all free agents at the same exact time. But honestly, that's really the entire tight end class. So of Cook, Eifert, Uzoma, Safarian Jenkins, who would you want? How dare
1: you not mention Michael Omanawanui, who was oh, also so back background the
0: roster. Um, now, of those
1: guys, you know, I think if you're a Patriots tight end, you need to be a very solid blocker and you need to be used as a th- six offensive lineman at times. And so which of those guys offers the best uh, mix of block and, and pass catching? I always thought Tyler Eifert was underutilized in Cincy. I don't think he was as, as, as standout as he could have been. I think he'd be a great fit in New England. He's a young guy, only 28, got a couple years ahead of him. So maybe like a two-year deal for Tyler Eifert would be great. I like Jared Cook. I think he's on the wrong side of 30 and not really a game-changer, but – yeah, m- maybe I'd, I'd I'd go after Eifert and maybe take a kind of like a a flyer on Safarian Jenkins with no guarantees. I think he flashed at times. He's a pretty young guy, too, 25, 26 But I guess of your guys you mentioned, uh, Eifert's my guy.
0: Yeah, I mean I I agree. I think Eifert has the most upside. He's been dealing with injuries his entire career, but Patriots are very familiar with that. If you could pair Eifert with Gronkowski and they both managed to be healthy for any stretch of the season, you're going to be in a great great position. whole instantly fix whatever passing red zone struggles the Patriots had last year Um, but if they don't get Eifert I think the big takeaway from this tight end class is that a lot of them are probably going to be available for close to the veteran minimum Uh, the big reason for letting Dwayne Allen go is that he was going to cost something like 7.3 million against the cap and so any deal that you're going to get with any of these tight ends, if they're going to be a fine blocker, if they're going to bring back Michael Humana Nui, you know, he, he was a solid blocker, too. You know, not the best, but he was solid. If you bring back any of these players as that number two, number three, just blocking tight end, it's going to be for a lot cheaper. It's going to be fine. But I think the real money is going to be made in the draft where there's just so much talent. And we'll definitely talk more about this on our draft previews. But Patriots have been touching base with pretty much every single tight end that's expected to go in the top five rounds. So I would expect the Patriots to possibly double dip in the draft and even just ignore this free agency class. Um, next position is wide receiver. We touched on this earlier. You got Golden Tate, who's leading the class again and not too much else you got are, are you interested in devin Funches John Brown uh Tyrell Williams Adam Humphreys uh, I mean there there's a lot of players here that are in that same Chris Hogan class of being like a low tier number two and a fine number three
1: yeah there are you know there's there's a couple intriguing names that I think in the right Circumstances would be good in New England. Uh, Randall Cobb comes to mind. Maybe take a flyer on like a Michael Crabtree as a Mike or a Mike Wallace is like one of those deep threat boom bust players. But yeah, I, I, and everyone's kind of going nuts over Adam Humphreys. Everyone loves the Adam Humphreys in New England. He's be a great fit. I think he'd be a good fit as well. But yeah, there's not really. I don't. I don't think a a Golden Tate or an Adam Humphreys or a Cole Beasley or a Brashad Perriman is going to kind of break open the offense at all. Um, on the negative side, like the Patriots don't draft receivers well. They just don't. I can't remember the last receiver they drafted in like the third or fourth round or higher. That's that's worked out in New England. It's been a really long time. So if they're going to get help in the receiver, it's probably going to come via trade or free agency. And so the real question is which players offer the best fit for Tom Brady for that offense. I think Golden Tate would be good, but I'm not going to break the bank for him. And I have a feeling based on the free agency class at receiver – there's going to be more receiver needy teams out there that way overpay for these guys.
0: I completely agree. And I mean, if I were to choose any one player in this free agency, uh, it would probably be Jamison Crowder from washington i don't expect that he will be available for what the patriots are interested in spending but you know who knows the we all thought that danny Amendola was going to be a perfect fit for the patriots back in 2013 and it worked so we'll see how that happens i would expect what we were touched on earlier patriots will try to bring back one of dorsett patterson and hogan that gives them a solid you know number three guy and i think they'll allow the market to play out because remember when a couple years back the Patriots were originally signing Chris Hogan, it's because they really wanted Marvin Jones. They they missed out because the Lions got him, and then they also really wanted Mohamed Sanu. But, you know, that, that didn't work out because he, he went to the Falcons. And then, you know, Rashard Matthews was their distant third and he signed with the Titans. And Rashard Matthews is actually available right now. And so they settled for this restricted free agent named Chris Hogan. And it worked out. It worked out fine. Yeah. I, I would expect New England to look at the bottom of the the free agency roster and see, like, okay, who is underutilized, who has a lot of potential and is, still offers a little bit of upside. And I would say... um. Jermaine Kearse is a player that was underutilized with the Jets. I could see him thriving in New England. I would say Justin Hardy is a good player that was extraordinarily productive in college football. I believe he has the college football record for most receptions. He just never found his groove. Um, even like a Calvin Benjamin, who I know uh, has been battling with weight problems, but it's totally worth a flyer for the Patriots. Uh, so, you know, looking down, even an Eli Rogers, who had a successful rookie season with the, the Steelers, but he's been dealing with injuries. So not looking at that top. I think the Patriots will kind of cast a wide net like they did this past year and hope to land a couple of them. And honestly, they'll probably invest a draft pick or two at another wide receiver. Do you
1: think they might kick the tires on Demarius Thomas at all? I know he's going through some legal issues right now, vehicular assaults, but he's 31. He's flashed at times. He was phenomenal with Peyton Manning. Maybe a better minimum prove-it deal kind of thing if you try and revive your career, assuming
0: his legal issues work out. Any chance that happens? Yeah, I mean, they, they were interested in acquiring for him before the trade deadline, so that probably shouldn't disappear. But I believe he tore his Achilles or was dealing with a serious injury at the end of the season with the Texans. So I would expect them just to not be a first mover on that. Uh, they, they're dealing with enough of their own. Uh, off the field issues, as it were, with in New England. So I don't, I don't see them jumping into the pool to try and add any other players that are dealing with any of that as well. No, it's true,
1: but I don't know. Just look. Usually, you have this kind of like big receiver, and you want him to kind of make a move. Maybe they'll make a trade. We'll never know. There's a lot to happen between now and now and the start of the season. So maybe you'll see another kind of Randy Moss-style fourth rounder for some unhappy
0: stud it's not going to be antonio brown i'll tell you that much but uh maybe you never know yeah what do you think about aj green i was looking through the numbers and the players that are on the last year or two of their contract they would have no dead money for their team uh and they still have potential patriots were swinging for the fences last year what what about aj green i think that he's like the biggest possible name that they could acquire that would make some sense
1: I'd love to see that. I I imagine most teams are just having a a powwow about no trade to New England because they keep winning Super Bowls. Um, And (laughs) I think a lot of people would be very mad if Tom Brady and A.J. Green got got to connect next season. But I would be all for it. He's a phenomenal talent. I think he'd be a great fit in New England. And uh, I will say, though, the last Bengal they traded for that was a talent in Cincinnati didn't work out too well in Challenge Ocinko. So I
0: wouldn't give up too much for A.J. Oh, But, you know, before that, Corey Dillon was a pretty good one, too. It's true. So he we'll was see. malcontent. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, A.J. Green's definitely not that. Um. But that's kind of it for the offensive skill players. Uh. If you want, I was looking towards the defensive side here because that's where the Patriots have their other gaps around defensive tackle and on the defensive end. If they aren't able to retain Trey Flowers, there are a few names that I mentioned. Preston Smith, Darius Smith, Justin Houston, uh, Ezekiel Ansa even technically Dante Fowler, but you could throw in some other names. Marcus Golden, Clay Matthews, Shane Ray, Shaq Barrett. Uh, there's plenty of players available out there. What do you think the Patriots' action would be if they don't get to retain Trey Flowers?
1: I think Houston would be a really good fit. He's a very smart player. He can play in the gap. He can play on the edge of seven technique. I don't know what kind of money he's going to command. He's also a 30 I'm not going to say he's falling off a cliff, but you have to be wary of guys in their 30s at these positions where they're getting hit every single down. Uh, Clay Matthews could be an intriguing pick. He's also older, 32, 33 years old. He's really fallen off his play, but I also feel like the Packers have been kind of a mess, and he might be one of those players that just really does well for a uh, with a change of scenery and kind of a little bit of career revival in New England. I, I think he's worth kicking the tires on for sure. Uh, one player I want no part of—you didn't mention it, Rich—is Terrell Suggs, is a free agent mm. this year. Would you imagine Terrell Suggs on the Patriots?
0: <laughs> just as unlikely as seeing James Harrison on the Patriots, right?
1: Internet would explode. He like, oh, I cannot imagine what that would do to to Twitter and and the Baltimore beatdown, on the ESPN Hype for the Ravens. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there are, there are a lot of guys on the on the edge defender list who were who are or were very good with their former team, but are question marks going forward. So I imagine if the Patriots decide to kick the tires on these guys, they'll proceed accordingly.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I I would expect them to bring in another low level vet or two. I know Adrian Claiborne's under contract. We'll see how long that lasts, just because. Uh, you know he he did kind of underperform what they paid him, but they'll probably keep him around until they can secure Trey Flowers. But if they brought in another Adrian claiborne level pass rusher to have on the edge there, whether that's the Marcus Golden type, who I know that they really really loved and wanted to draft, um, I believe that was just didn't didn't work out for them. But it, they can bring back John Simon as well. I think they would want to bring back one of those second tier guys that they can just throw into the rotation and not see that much drop off from the starters so definitely a lot of opportunity there uh bigger one defensive interior we, we talked about how Malcolm Brown and Danny Shelton are both free agents both are kind of towards the bottom but honestly not because there's a lot of household names ahead of them uh you got Ndamukong Sue who's definitely a bigger name but you got Sheldon Richardson Muhammad Wilkerson uh Timmy Jernigan and I uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's anyone else that I would say is clearly head and shoulders above the others based off of talent or production. But I don't know. If you got some solid players up there. Would any of them end up in New England?
1: I would love to see either or both Richardson and Wilkerson end up in New England. I think that Wilkerson would be a great fit. Obviously, the question mark is how are they going to deal with their mentality, their locker room presence. But there's a vast difference between the Jets locker room and the Patriots locker room. None of the crap they pulled in New York would work in New England. And if you look, those guys were beasts. For a very long stretch of their careers, and then all of a sudden they decided just to stop trying and speed with weed down the street. But I think <laughs> if they had a, a really good locker room presence, you get a Dante Hightower in there, you get the McCourties in there to keep them in line. And just to watch them terrorize their old team, I think they would. They're the, one of them, or both of them, are the kind of player that really relish the opportunity to stick it to the Jets. So I would definitely bring in one of those two. Oh,
0: that's really true too. I would love that, and especially. I think Sheldon Richardson would be a really interesting player. I don't think he fully maximizes potential going out to Seattle uh, briefly, as well as with the Vikings. Uh, I, I think what the Patriots would be able to do is allow him just to really flourish as both an inside-outside player. Uh, I think they used him a lot on the edge with the Jets. New England should allow him to penetrate with a little more favorable matchups in the middle, and I, I would love to see that happen. We'll see what his market is going to be like. But honestly, when I when I look at what these players are are, where they're ranked in free agency, it's kind of like what we talked about with the tight ends or with the wide receivers, is that there's not a lot of blue-chip players out there. So whoever is like fine is going to get paid a lot. And I would expect the Patriots to sit this one out, allow other teams to overspend, use up all their cap space and just really capitalize on a bunch of players who are roughly equivalent that'll be still available at the end of the day.
1: No, that's totally true. And um what I like about this is one thing that you always got to keep in mind is I feel like this time of year is in a lot of ways the worst time to be a Patriots fan. Because not only do the Patriots get their own players and coaches poached coming off a very deep playoff run, but that free agency kicks off 4 p.m., the bell sounds, and all these guys get snatched up. And the Patriots just kind of sit there. And then day two starts, and more guys get snatched up, and the Patriots still sit there. And they'll sign like a third-string linebacker, <laughs> and that'll be their big, big announcement. And it's very easy to kind of get caught up in the madness of of kind of not having anybody to bolster your team while you're losing guys left and right. But off-seasons are not one. February's are one, and you got to keep that in mind going forward because it's a long way to go between now and that first game in September. You got the draft, you got free agency, you got trades, you got a lot of stuff going on. So um, we'll we'll know a lot more as the weeks and days go on, but just prepared for the usual. I doubt the Patriots will go out and make uh, any big splashes this year.
0: Yeah, no, it's true, and we'll have a little bit more to play out. I'm sure there will be plenty of activity over the next couple of days, uh, but I, I look forward to reconvening with you, Alec, so we can talk about how the Patriots signed Sam Acho as their premier <laughs> free agency player. Um, we'll have more information on pastpublic.com. We'll be tracking all of the movement, everything that's been taking place. Alec, do you have any final thoughts as we head into free agency?
1: No, that's what you're doing, man. It's good to be back, back talking to you. And um, I have to, I'm not going to lie, I haven't done a whole lot of draft prep yet. So you'll probably get to work on checking out my college
0: talent. Uh, no days off and do your job and all that jazz, that's right. man. That's all right. right. <laughs> well, until <laughs> next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. Later, man.